Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, Stefan. How are you? <laughs> I am doing all right. I had all to get right. my hair and makeup team in gear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a low-key Thanksgiving day. <laughs> yeah, it was so low-key for me that I'm like, ah, oh, it's just so, so great to have a morning where I can just hang out. Yeah. <laughs> Do nothing. And I, it's quiet, right? Yeah, it is. It is. Well, being Thanksgiving Day, I don't know if we want to timestamp these, but here it is. But being Thanksgiving morning, first of all, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you um, very much. And thanks for doing this uh, with me on a holiday. I think, it, you know, I don't know about, sounds like it's a pretty quiet day, but in my household, I have teenage children. So sleeping until noon is... Uh, you know, the go-to, the default and, uh, well, yeah. they deserve, they deserve it, right? <laughs> because they're up and at them. They're, they're, the, your children, your children are up earlier than most, most oh. of the American workforce. Yeah. Sophia had a three fifty-five AM shift at the bakery yesterday. And then, um, Zia, she didn't have school yesterday. So Z, Z's, uh, but her normal bus time is five thirty AM. So yeah, they're up they're up pretty early most days and on the days they can sleep in. I let them because I didn't get that as a child. So I'm all about like, enjoy it while you have it because you may not have it forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had a similar experience where at six uh, or seven in the morning uh, on a Saturday, the sheets would be ripped off the bed. Yep. And it would get be out of like, bed. You're sleeping your life away. Time to work. Yeah, to exactly. Work. <laughs> I had uh, times where I'd spend the night, Friday night at a friend's house or even a Saturday night at a friend's house. So my dad would be there you know 6 a.m time to go feed the horses time to like yeah was, he'd be there to pick me up it's like i'm not yeah. gonna knock on their door that early so you be ready to go you watch for me and <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness so yeah, yeah for, so, us, for us it was weeding we didn't have any horses to feed but there were um, plenty of weeds plenty of weeds we had those too weeding um horses we had a five acres of land so you know there was always something to do um yeah anyway so that's a, like it's it's funny because some of the things that my parents did like i think have like have made me almost defiant in some way like you want to sleep in you sleep in and i hope that doesn't damage them long term <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know it's just like learning how to have autonomy with your schedule and still get stuff done and but man, yeah, for me, I'm always like, sleep in. If you can sleep in, sleep in, you know, and they're young. Yeah, well, look, I mean, the rules we grew up under were just as arbitrary, right? They had, they had to do with, I mean, they had to do with whatever our parents found. Yeah, what they grew up with and whatever what they right. Yeah, yeah, whatever they prioritized. and. Again, as we get older, we get more into the habituations, but our kids, you know, they're naturally wired to do what's good for them. Yeah. Ultimately, I mean, the smart, the younger they are, right? Yeah. Sleep, sleep is its own system, right? It takes, if when you're tired, if you ignore yeah. being tired, you suffer consequences, but our body is usually telling us what's right. <laughs> you know, and that's what like, you know, I guess I appreciate sort of having 
autonomy in my, my own work. Right. Like that was something that I always liked, um, that I've, I've had the gift of having for quite a while, like a good portion of my career. Um, I remember working for, I worked for a bank. I was a bank teller in college briefly. And I remember that whole, like, I, I, you know, they have how you dress mandates, you know, mandates on what you're supposed to wear, what's acceptable. There are mandates on what time and if you're late and getting in trouble. And I did that. I did bank tellering for about three months and I did it. I did the best I could do. They really liked me. My customers really liked me, would wait in line extra to come to my window but I hated it. I just didn't enjoy it. So I left and I did park rangering, which also has uniform and time and, you know, but like those experiences, while very good and very shaping also made me work harder to have more autonomy in that. I want to work somewhere where I can have any hair color I want, where I can dress however I want. So I ended up in tech (laughs) and tech and creative have more flexibility they always have as for as long as I've been doing it you know 1998 let's go back all the way there I've always had flexibility it's my first job in tech you can wear what you want your hair can be any color and I I had black hair for most of my younger days but yeah being able to wear what I want being able to look how I want and um, I don't know I created that because uh, you know I, I gravitated toward that because I felt like that that sort of prioritization our oven's done I don't know if you heard that sound but uh, <laughs> but yeah that's sort of like individual freedom was important to me and then over time the the time the time autonomy came yeah I don't even know if I ever thought of it so consciously but it seemed like my much of my professional life has been if I if I if I can't find something I like, I'd rather do nothing. I'd rather just do what I want to do. Exactly. And if I can't find the people that I like working with, I'm just going to not work with other people. Right? I'm just yeah. going to do, just I'm do just going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to, yeah. and uh, that's confusing to other people who imagine, you know, who are in more, uh, predictable uh, <laughs> vocational circumstances let's yeah say. tighter frameworks maybe but yeah <laughs> yeah more yeah <laughs> rigid and, framework. Um, you know in that way you and I have had very similar paths I I don't know I don't, I don't know that I can so clearly characterize it but it, it is it's something I think my motivation was always that I want it to be interesting to me that I want yeah. to be able to uh, feel like I I want to like it. Yeah. I mean, it's when you bring it down to just the bottom line, I want to like it. And I didn't think about autonomy. It's just like, I want to like it. But yeah. in the end, it gave me a certain, it forced autonomy. It does. Me, right? Yeah. It, it, so you end up, or I ended up um, doing a lot of different things from, like you, many different things from <laughs> yeah. from uh, doing blue collar labor at the Puyallup Fairgrounds and and managing a, a 
an exploding hot tar truck, hot tar roofing truck, to uh, selling electronic devices around the pool in Vegas, to <laughs> to to high rise window cleaning, to waiting tables, to yes. you know, all the things, all the and to owning an art owning two art galleries. 20 30 years apart <laughs> yeah right trying it again yeah and uh succeeding to some extent not not really financially but in creating a community and having it be self-sustaining ultimately yeah. I love but that. all of those all of those things uh lead me to what uh what is interesting you know what's the next thing that's interesting and so here we are yeah right? yeah this is this, <laughs> what you and i are doing here is the most interesting thing in my life and i find that it actually and this is one thing that's happened this week i find that it changes the nature of my conversations with everyone when somebody when somebody tells me something, tells me a story about, like to, uh, this week, I, uh, a friend of mine was telling me a story about who he thinks he is and how his life experience is formative. And I go, that's all very interesting. But in some way, all of it is limiting. Your story mm -hmm. is limiting. And he's like, well, no, but it informs who I am and what I need to, you know, how I can make this decision in my life. And I realized that he was trying to make a really important decision about something he wants to do yeah. that will affect other family members. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, I could tell that he was very angry with my point of view at some points, right? Like oh. it really pushed a lot of buttons. But I kept, I kept going in the, in this, like your story, our story, the point for me was your story is not who you are. Exactly. And for you, me, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, it's just, but he didn't like, cause that started to him that started getting into a bunch of spiritual mumbo jumbo. Sure. Sure. But ultimately the story is just as arbitrary. I mean, his point was the story is not arbitrary, but the story is arbitrary. It's what we choose, pick and choose yeah. to help us understand or create a reason for why we are in this state. I think that's exactly it. And I, I have also done the same really until we started having these conversations and it comes back to that question, but is it possible that you could just let go of it all? You could just let go of everything and, and decide from this moment that everything is sort of just open. Everything is open. And the possibility that, I don't know, you can have ideas of what you want, but let go of the outcome, let go of how you're going to get there and let things just be, just be. And I know that that's a big and hooey kind of concept for a lot of folks, but I love the idea of it because I think it helps me put my focus where it needs to be for me, for where I'm at. And, and by that, I just mean my focus is no longer 
well, I experienced this and this is why I'm who I am. Great. I experienced things that gave me a great experience, you know, to this point, a lot of learning, a lot of ups and downs. And yes, in some way, maybe did shape who I am, but does it matter? Does any of it matter? Only if I decide it matters. And to be able to let go of it and say, yeah, maybe this happened um, and maybe it was good and maybe it wasn't, but here I am right now. What am, what am I now? What do I want right now? What do I want out of this moment? And how am I going to decide that this moment is going to be and feel and look? And I don't know. I like playing with that idea. Yes. I think there's, I think it's an incredible freedom and a, again, a luxury for most people who are caught in the framework of, I have to attend to my history and I have to attend to my future plans and I have to be responsible for all the people around me. Right. So there's this sense of responsibility. And sure. then I made the second mistake in this conversation of like, well, he, this decision was about some, something where it's like, well, if I make this decision, I want to be useful. I want to be, and, and I could tell there was a great deal of passion behind him wanting to make this decision of wanting to do what he wanted to do. Yeah. And I'm being purposely generalized here because sure. I don't want to out this person because he is a dear friend, but uh, I could tell there was a great deal of passion behind what he wanted to do. And then I made the point of saying, well, useful is also arbitrary right and he's and he's like no it's not <laughs> <laughs> useful is useful useful is useful and i go i i go it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because useful is totally an arbitrary interpretation when you think you might be being useful other people or this situation that you're going to put yourself in, you, you might be a burden to other people. You might be a burden, right? And again, all of this is arbitrary. And you can do this without regard for what's useful or not useful. And useful might be a totally arrogant point of view. It might be just your point of view exactly. and useful can be arrogant. And that may, that stirred up some anger. And it's like, I resent that you're using the word arrogant. Those are really sure. strong words, but it is when we think we know how to help someone else or another situation. Mm -hmm. And we impose our idea of what the path out of a situation or what might be useful or helpful to someone else when really the purest sense of being useful is taking care of ourselves and attending to who we are and who we are is not our history and who we are is not what we think is useful in the world. Those are just stories that live on either side of us. There's their story that, that live, those are stories that live on either side of the moment, right? right. They're from the past or, or they're in the future, but they're not who we are, right? Who we are is so much more vast, so much more all-knowing, uh, interesting, uh, 
uh, ineffable, capable. <laughs> yeah, capable, yeah. ineffable. And so we had this discussion and, and there wasn't, it's, uh, it was very respectful and clear and fun, really. Sure. sure. Um, and because we trust each other, right. As, as people. And in, and in the end, I just looked at him, I go, cause I knew, I know that he really wants to do this. Yeah, but he's concerned. He's concerned about what will happen to other people, how they will be affected by this. Interesting. Yeah. Which is which is kind. It's a kind, uh, but also he is. Um, he will be tamp damp. He will have to damp down this deep, deep, very personal, very creative desire. Um. Right, because I could feel it. Yeah. And I and my whole thing is like, that's all I need to know. Like, I don't need to know anything else about your history, about who you're concerned about. I know this is important to you. And good luck <laughs> finding the most creative way to make the to to affirm this yeah. decision. Good luck finding the most clever and creative way to to uh, to announce this decision or to make this decision in and amongst the people and the the environment that you're concerned about, right? Yeah. It's like I'm worried about this person and how they're going to deal with me making this decision, and my. But I'm also he's trying to weigh his history. Like when I made this decision in the past, it was incredible, right? Like, yeah. It re I, like it was one of the most alive periods in my life. And I'm like, and so he's bringing that feeling forward, right? And and he's also trying to sell himself, well, this is who I am. Right. Oh, I've been in that spot before too. Oh. <laughs> I, I find myself but, in that position a lot. Actually. And I'm like saying, well, you don't need a reason, right? Yeah. I don't know if I conveyed that well enough, but ultimately you don't need a reason to, you know, unless you think you need to justify it to other people. And then in the end, in the end, you're never going to be able to fully justify it to someone who disagrees with you. Sure. And, and, there's and no, hopefully you don't need to, but yeah, like to feel yeah. like you have to is a whole different uh, but as someone who love, but as someone who loves this friend of mine and, and, I know that the, if he makes this decision and undertakes this, um, let's say an adventure that he has put in front of him, it will be amazing for him. I yeah. can feel it, right? Because yeah. like, the, the energy that he has behind it, the anticipation, yeah. the, the joy that um, also that he, that he was able to bring forward from his past but I know there are people around him who are telling him this is a stupid idea. <laughs> you know, it's funny because even with the, like, I feel like I, I relate to that in some ways, even with this role that I, I took on recently, right? I uh, took me a little toiling to go like, is this really what I want? I feel like I did all these things and put all these things out into the universe and then bam, exactly what I asked for materialized. And then like, I second guess myself too, is this really what I wanted? And like, and as I go every, you know, week after week, I sort of check in, is this still 
still what I thought it would be? Am I, am I gaining from it what I hope to? Am I putting into it what I hope to? And so far, still good, but it's a funny mental negotiation that happens when you make a decision that is very different from maybe what you are doing normally, if that makes sense. Um, it, it is, it's a little scary, but also like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like I've had to justify it to others in some way or just not talk about it. And, and then reminding myself that it, it doesn't matter. It like, doesn't matter. Like I'm the only one that it really kind of matters too. And how I shape it, I don't know. Boy, I, I could really go into a, a <laughs> rabbit hole here, but I, I feel like this work here that you and I are doing has helped me navigate this adventure in a very different way than I might have a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And, and I have such an appreciation for that because I think, I think I'm navigating this in a, in a much more open way and an undefined way, but in a way that reminds me, I make the decisions here. Like I don't have to wait to be told or pointed or, or redirected or, or whatever. Like I design this experience. So remember not to let go of that. I don't know. It, it, it's actively, actively participate in designing where I want it to be and what I want it to do mm-hmm. yet be open to learn. Oh, I feel like this is such a jumble. Um, being open to learn and being open to what might happen at the same time as being mindful enough to say, I want to shape this this way. Like, you know, there's, there's this whole openness around me and how this could go, but I want it. I want to nudge it in this direction. So I'm actively making decisions and, and taking actions that kind of nudge it in the direction I want it to go rather than waiting for somebody else to kind of harness me into a position if I left undefined, it would most certainly go into a different direction than what I want. <laughs> yeah, and that is a great mental discipline, right? You're, it, it, uh, the, and the more present and still you can be, the more you have access to every, all of these things that are coming in right now. Yeah. Instead of being reactive to them, you can just look at them. Right. And yeah. Say, do I like that? Do I like this? Yes, yes, yes. That's a much interesting? more clear way. Articulation. Thank you. Yes. That's a much clearer <laughs> articulation of, of uh, exactly how it feels. Yes. It's kind of like you are able to kind of look at everything and, and selectively um, accept or, or don't accept. Yeah. yeah. I found it funny when you said, um, you know, or I just don't tell people. <laughs> yeah, right? just don't bring it up. <laughs> that's, that's, I just like, do. Yes, yeah. So what are you up to, right? And and I I tell Keep people. Keep it busy. And and and, <laughs> and um, you know, I tell uh, uh, this actually this one same friend. You know, pe- people are. Um, uh, they worry for me, right? Yeah. Like Why is project that? Their, project their worry on me. Yeah. And uh, like, I wish you would, right? I wish you would, or I wish this would happen. Um, and the subtext is is 
well, the subtext is, is I'm worried about you, which is an arrogant point of view. Yeah, like you don't need to say extend that. worry. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like say, I don't say that out loud, but but even in the in the most uh, fundamental sense, when if I think my life is going okay, whether that's naive or not, yeah, somebody from the outside who knows very little about my life, yeah, they love me, sure, right. I acknowledge they love me and they and they would do if I needed help that they would be right there for yeah. me. But they say things that are obviously arrogant like yeah. like ultimately you know like I know better and you should you should fill in the blank anything yeah. you should you or should they do this. Should, you should do that this relationship you should or they should and it's very arrogant and we've talked about in the past when I was younger and I was long-haired hippie window cleaner guy and my daughter was maybe you know nine or ten years old I had I had lots of you. younger younger friends of mine giving me parenting advice who didn't even have children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you know, I'm give, just going to, you me. know, what's funny for, if, with the parenting thing for me, a lot of it is like, I don't have parents to help me out. Right. Or didn't, when my kids were younger, I really didn't have anyone. I don't have a big friend circle. I, I don't have parents to help me out. My parents passed away a long time ago now. And you know, it's like, and even my dad, when he was, you know, he was alive until Z was probably two or three. I think he passed away when she was three and Soph would have been about six or seven. And um, even then, though, my dad wasn't somebody who I really wanted his parenting advice. So, But for me, so <laughs> yeah. a lot of it, like as far as parenting goes, a lot of it is like, I just figure this out as I go because that's what I have to do. Yeah, that's that's my reality. And, you know, it's funny. I feel like that is also how I've navigated my financial self, right? And my financial independence is, is like, because I never had a safety net, or at least I believed in my own mind that I never had a safety net. I have to do this myself because nobody's going to be there to catch me if I fall. My parents have passed on my dad, even when he was alive, yeah. I was like, you don't get anything. I work for this. You work for yours, you know, and in <laughs> so a lot of ways, our I stories are that. so similar. <laughs> <laughs> the stories that we can let go of now, right? Like in a lot of ways, I feel like, like the story that I had and that I clung to actually motivated me in a, in a certain way. Right. But now I've reached this point where I'm like, I have the freedom to think about it and let go of it. And, and I am grateful for that. I wonder what things might be like if I had let go of my story earlier, you know, but I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter, but it's like, it's, I'm curious. Well, because now you have support around you. you yes. Have I have a lot of life. support now. Yeah, yeah, I do. And you know, and I say I didn't have anyone, but my sister and I, I got to give my sister a lot of credit. She was going through her own stuff and, and being in tech um, for, for me, I, I always had the luxury of a pretty decent salary, no matter, you know, all throughout the ranks. 
and doing freelance and but my sister struggled a lot more she you know she was she chose to be a mother first and I think that was a beautiful choice for her and um and then tried to re-enter the workforce which was much more challenging for her ended up in retail which she loved for a long time until she didn't love it anymore and and then she decided to do something different and you know it, I feel like we have such similar we grew up in the same household we grew up with similar you know, the, our stories about same instances are very different. How we digested those stories are very different. If you hear her tell us a story about something I remember, our stories are day and night different at times. Um, it's like, oh yes, I remember that too, but wow, my perception of it is so different. Um, the filter or the lens through which we had that experience, we're different, you know? Anyway, I do have a support system in my sister in, especially emotionally and especially um, she and I have just gotten closer and closer, even though our distance, our physical distance varies from, she's in New Mexico right now. I, I have to give her a shout out for always, always having been there in some way, you know, like mm. we've always tried to be there for each other. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Support systems have gotten better and, and understanding that like support system doesn't necessarily mean like safety net but just emotionally somebody who encourages you and rallies you and believes in you means more to me than I ever realized I mean yeah yeah that th I think this is one of the most important things that I have found is that there have been a few people in my life who approach me without any arrogance, like not, not imagining they know anything about what I need to do. Yeah. That they accept me exactly as I am, right? Which they, root, is amazing. they root for me, they root for me and enjoy me as exactly who I am in any given moment and believe and there, there are a few people like that. And then there are other people who I really enjoy, who are wonderful people. But I can feel either they're, they worry about me because maybe they're projecting worry about themselves or their right. own story on me. Um, or they just don't know and I am kind of an anomaly <laughs> right? they just don't know who I am right they they because they're they're occupied with their own yeah um but the but the there are a few people who just accept me like accept the being and that is the most to me that's the most valuable thing I have in my life because when I go into situations um say with my my uh one of my dearest oldest friends Terry and Christy when I go down there for pizza Fridays I can be exactly myself I can right there's no pretense to yeah. any of it there's no expectation to any of it other than we're going to be eating pizza and drink we're going to be making pizza eating pizza and drinking wine and having and, a 
great <laughs> and just being being in just that being, moment maybe yeah. not even and there's no like we're not we're not even there we're not even necessarily there to entertain each other exactly right? like, like well, i'm not even expecting to have an amazing conversation or a, i'm just there for whatever happens i'm just there because yeah. i know we need to eat that i love those people i love the family and and we just hang out and it's and none of it I mean, probably the most opulent thing depends on, you know, how expensive and how good the bottle of wine is. Everything, <laughs> else, everything else is very relaxed. We're in an old 1900s bungalow, drafty bungalow down on, you know, above Lake Washington. And uh, on, a, on a nice day, you can smell the pizza from the street. That's you can awesome. smell the oven from the street. <laughs> I love that. You know that actually that that yesterday the question came up. Um, what I what are what are you doing for Thanksgiving? And I was like, we're gonna have an uh, abundance of food and we're gonna relax. Um, we have no schedule. I I and I just said I said to her I said. Um, you know, I don't, I've never done stress at holidays. I don't know what stress at the holidays feels like. I just have never participated in stress at holidays. Like to me, it's a time to, to just exist in that moment. Right. And whoever yeah. wants to be here is here. And, you know, I don't know. It's a fairly small group. Zia's going to go over to her best friend, Gigi's at one, and she's running the arts and crafts table at for the kids table and anyway she's she's gonna oh, go nice. do that and you know for so it'll be me and ken and soph hanging around the house but like i i just appreciate having uh low obligation uh levels and and warmth and people i enjoy i don't know that's it i just that's that's it that's what that's what yes. i like about the holidays i don't know but i yes. don't do stress at the holidays i'm not real good at that well, um, I, 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 I don't, I don't, the, I don't know that I would say I don't do stress at the holidays. I certainly <laughs> feel it in and amongst, right, the, the people that I encounter, especially as it gets closer to Christmas. <laughs> yeah, being out in the world, for sure, right? Parking. <laughs> but I find the best, um, uh, I find the best experiences are when the city is maybe paralyzed by a snowstorm and people are forced to not be able to do it, right? Everyone's taken out of their routine or their mission. Yeah. Their mission is interrupted by the snowstorm and the, the city is quiet and uh, there is nothing to do because you're, the, the entire community is forced out of doing. Yeah, and you, like when you the pandemic hit. Right. And you have to face being. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Have to leave the doing and face the being. And the, to me, the being is the most freeing part. It is. It, it, it absolutely is. I keep thinking about um, when you were talking about the worry that others carry for you. Yeah. It, it just, or, you know, that saying, like, put your saris in a sack or whatever. I don't know what the exact phrasing of it, but like, it just like, sometimes when people extend worry for you, like you, do you ever just feel like being like, you know, what, you don't, you can save the energy 
of that worry and spend it on something else. Like you don't have to spend worry on me. I don't need your worry. Like, I don't mean to say that in an arrogant way, but like, like but it's that almost is, like but you hope that they could just use that energy in a more positive way. That's yeah. good energy they're burning. <laughs> well, I kind of feel like there's the Aikido move of like, well, thank you for your concern. Thank you for your thoughts and prayers. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. But it's the, but again, it is, but it is, it is, uh, it is a form of arrogance. People don't like to hear that. But um, because the worry isn't really doing anything, it's not, there's no, there's no, there is no purpose to the worry. It doesn't do anything. Now, if that person was worried about me and I said, you are right. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm worried too. Really, they were really right. If there was something and I go, could you help me, you know, or can, you know, sure. could you do this with me? then that would really be useful. But the worry in and of itself, if the worry is unfounded, yeah, which in many cases, it's just a projection of somebody's past experience. Right. Or somebody with other people or past experience, their own past experience or their own observations that are being projected on me, then and also the other part that I felt when I, in this moment where somebody was worried about me was <laughs> that, that you may, and I, I, I took it all in. I go, you may be right, but this is my journey. Right. And I think it's going to be the most interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Versus yeah. me, <clears throat> versus me intervening in a way that you are suggesting right or me changing course in the way you're suggesting i like this course yeah it's a course that um i'm i'm getting something out of it obviously um and so i want to see what happens have you ever they had anyone instead of saying i worry for you that they ask you do i need to worry for you well, that answer is always no. Right. And, and that answer like, is like, because that's pointless. Yeah. It's but like, like, I feel like, I, I feel mean, like that would be more my approach. Like, I don't know why, but it, I, I've never felt worry for you, Stefan. <laughs> but but at, the, <laughs> at the same time, I feel like if I were, if I were feeling like I should, I would probably ask you first, like, is there, you know, is there anything I can do for you? But um, somehow, I don't know. It's funny. It well, just the, never crossed I, my mind to worry about you. <laughs> yeah. My, well, my best, um, I can, how am I going to say this? My, the best thing you can do for me is not worry about me <laughs> until you see a reason until you see something horrendous worrisome. or terrible, worrisome, <laughs> right? That, that, and I think this, I think what uh, helps is to go like, is to go back to like uh, my early training as a K2 
counselor, paraprofessional counselor working with college students, if you think a, a student, a kid or anybody is thinking suicidally, sure, right? Sure. We know this, the best thing to do is go, are you thinking of hurting yourself? Instead of like, should I worry about you? You're, because then you're asking that other person to put, you know, to put a, to figure it out instead of just going straight to the behavior that you know is harmful or worrisome. Right. And it's like, are you thinking of hurting yourself? And you've gone through these things. You've, you've, you've dealt with these things. I've dealt with these things as a professional um, working with students um, and having students commit suicide. Yeah. yeah. And the best thing to do is go straight towards the behavior instead of trying to interpret something or yeah. go around it. And, um, and that avoids the, do I need to help you? Or do I think, you know, the presumptuousness, there's no yeah. presumption. Yep. You're just, ask, there's no presumption. It's just, you're just asking and that person can either answer or not. And then if they answer like, no, yeah, then, then you can move on. And you don't, there, there doesn't need to be any presumption. Yeah. I mean, you still might have concerns or that person could be lying, but there's nothing you can do to help if that person is lying. Yeah. That's, that's right? the thing. Or yeah. So, um, because you don't, obviously if they're not answering in the affirmative, we don't have a deep enough connection with them to get the truth right? Yeah, like, like exactly. they're not trusting us. So uh, if somebody doesn't trust me with the truth, then I can do very little for them. Yeah. And so this is the, this is that kind of push and pull of um, whether, again, we're back to that, whether or not I am really helping in many cases, it's totally arbitrary right? Based on the circumstance and based on whether I think I'm really helping or whether, you know, based on my history of what I imagine helped, but I may not, I may not be helping. It's true. Un until that person actually opens up, lets me in or the circumstance. Um, and it, it, in the end, we only have ourselves to help, right? Like the, <laughs> yeah the uh the bigger better more expansive more open jamie is of in my estimation is of greater use to the universe than the judgmental or trying to figure stuff out or trying to work you know it's if i am if i am basing my judgments on my history then uh, and the history that i cherry pick that may not be very helpful to mm -hmm. me or anyone in my life because it's That's just true. my arbitrary story that I have decided to tell myself. Right. No, but it's a lot of babble there, but it's, it's what I, it's what, uh, no, very few people want to hear this. That's the thing that I, I, I actually appreciate, though, is that in a lot of ways, I'm 
I'm working through understanding it by living it. These, these, these theories and philosophies and ideas are this openness. Right. And, and, and I feel like, like, I'm, I feel like I'm doing all right, but I also feel like I'm, I'm still untangling pieces, right. To, to make, it's not even that it doesn't make sense. It totally makes sense in a lot of ways, but that letting go is, is, and we've talked about this many times. It's a, it's a practice that requires maintenance, right? It's like, you don't just become aware of something and then Ta-da! I'm done. I'm there. I'm being at all times. It, it just yeah. doesn't seem to work that way for me. And for me, it takes practice. It takes reminders. It takes new ways of approaching things and thinking about things. And that's where I feel like one of the most beautiful parts of this conversation that we have each week is that even if we're talking about the same thing in theory, we come at it from different angles, different experiences that we've had from the past week or, you know, um, and so like addressing those different situations with a different technique or a different mindset or a, a different, like it all kind of comes back to, okay, being and letting go and I am nature, like it, all of the circumstances that arise throughout each week, sometimes it, 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 those reminders have to be approached in different ways, depending on how that circumstance popped into our life. Right. And I think that's what I'm trying to say is that I love that no matter how you navigate it, like the, it, there's always a, a mindset about the being, but sometimes for me, that requires the reminder. I, I need the reminder um, still. And I like, I well. aspire to not needing <laughs> a reminder so much, but I love that we have it. Well, it's, I, it's like any practice or any skill. Um, we have a toolkit, right? Like we're, we have all these different tools now about, yeah. I mean, in our vocations, we learn all kinds of tools and tricks and in our personal lives and avocations, we have all kinds of tools and tricks and in our spiritual personal emotional lives we learn all kinds of tools and tricks to get back to center and after a while in my experience like years ago I learned all of these uh letting go techniques the Sedona technique tapping the the all kinds of and even earlier than that learned all these uh, gestalting and much more I would call them invasive techniques to get back to neutral. And some of them were, I would say, were even destructive. They weren't necessarily good tools. But now I have all these tools. And what I notice is that I can put the tool to use just by going to the feeling of knowing that I have the tool and then I know how to use it. And I can, let's say I have the Sedona method uh, or tapping a tool for letting go of some feeling, some feeling that doesn't feel good. Instead of going through and doing the tool, I'm, I can go straight to the letting go because I know 
that what's the difference between using the tool to it's a ritual the tool right. is just a ritual that i believe in that gets me to the letting go right right and so it the tool itself like when you're tapping you're tapping on acupuncture meridians and you're creating an electrochemical response in your body that triggers a um a feeling of being able to or letting go and what's the difference between going through the ritual and me just going like my going to my being and just believing that oh i can let that go yeah i and can do that and so saving I go yourself through, the trip <laughs> right it's so instead of instead of going through the ritual of the tool I know that I can get to that feeling because what we're doing with the tool is trying to get to a certain feeling yeah. of release, get to a certain feeling of being, get to a certain, get back to the moment instead of this uh, distraction of either uh, a worry about the past or a worry about the future. And um, so the tools are a great way to uh, get us to this place. But the key is in remembering where that place is, right? Remembering that feeling, the, the, the practice of, of, oh man, I am in this place of being, I am nature. I am. That right there <laughs> is what this is for me. And I think that, I think that that's so like, instead of tapping or, you know, th that this has become that tool for me, right? The conversation yeah. um, and the kind of revisiting experiences that we've had in the past week and then resetting again. And I, I think that's what I I love about doing this. And, you know, yeah, right now, this is that's where I am at is that this is the tool for that. I, it's not yoga or meditation or, or tapping or any of these other methods that I too have learned across my life. It's a conversation with somebody who understands it in a way that I feel like I can connect to. And um, yeah, I appreciate that actually. It's funny, I, um, my mind was kind of wandering in a few different directions while you were talking, you know, about, oh, anyway, yeah. Well, that's what this well, has become for me yeah and so we have this weekly moment where we we really get grounded or we really we could i mean i could call it two things we get really grounded and clear also we kind of get really high too <laughs> right. like there's, a, there's, a, there's always been a moment where there's kind of the buzzing and i feel the right the vibration of like wow we're so clear right now we're really yeah. like we're really in it we're really in the moment and the trick is is to find one other moment in the week and then and so then you're breaking it down into shorter segments and then yeah. one other moment in the week and one other moment in the week and then dividing that and that and that and then all of a sudden it is a string of moments that are, uh, are that we are connecting. Yeah. Uh, a string of moments where we are being or where we are in the flow or whatever we want to call it, grounded, high, in the yep. flow, being. 
God sense. What I mean, there's so many there's so many words that you can apply to it, and at that point, and make a lot of people angry with spiritual mumbo sure, jumbo. Sure, sure. But it is it is a beingness and a level of attention to the moment and a and the word uh there is a word that um that abraham hicks likes to use and it is something like satisfaction or contentment or just a <sighs> yeah right and that and it, it's it's beyond joy it's beyond right because joy is can be a little agitating even but it's it's this place of let's say peace or clarity and that we can link those moments and so we create this moment here and this is like a, we're creating reference points every time we come back we're creating a a more and more refined reference point. And in some cases, I don't know if somebody listens to all 23 episodes of this podcast, they might just go, uh, they just talk about the same stuff every week over and over. Right, right. But that's what this is. This is a practice for us yeah. to get in the, the moment, to get to, to get to a place of being, contentment, peace, uh, grace, gratefulness. I mean, it is perfect that we're having this conversation on Thanksgiving because again, this is the, this is the best uh, moment of the week for me because I feel the most clear. It feels the most purposeful and, and to uh, be arrogant about it, it feels the most useful. <laughs> to me and based on my feedback to you but yeah, yeah but again you are the judge of what's most useful in your life and for as, sure. as, as I am the judge of what's most useful and joyful and, and interesting in my life but yeah and that for me like I, I relate to that too because it is useful it is useful in that it's uh such a I, I really embrace the positive aspect, right? Like the, like, I feel like welcoming that positivity and that positive moment, it, which is how I perceive all of this to be. Um, I like having that checkpoint because, you know, the weeks that go, the week that goes between our conversation is not, is not always just the positive experience, right? Like, um, things happen that kind of like derail being in the moment. Things happen that uh, derail positivity and, and joy and, um, and that's okay. But learning how to navigate those from moment to moment. And I don't know, I, I've long practiced, you know, if you have a bad moment, it doesn't mean that you have a bad day. Like I, I don't subscribe to that. Like, I feel like that's like 101, but like, yeah. <laughs> but I, um, but I, I do feel that sometimes when bigger things happen, it does take more mindfulness to remember like that, like this isn't going to control the outcome of anything like this is a, this is a moment and maybe it's a series of moments that extend, but 
ultimately we're going to like, when you were talking about, you know, the moments in the series and sort of stacking moments, it, it reminds me a lot. So I've done a lot, a lot of practice in habit building, positive habit building, right? And the, the whole tiny challenges thing. And um, I've learned that there's a James Clear in Atomic Habits talks about like a string of pearls or whatever. And it's like, you just put one pearl on and that's the doing to build new habits, right? But this yes. is the same thing in, in a way, this is building a new positive habit, right? And every time we have one of these conversations, we're putting another pearl on the string that, that links them together. But what what I loved about what you were talking about is is now, in, it's not just these conversations that link these moments together. It's actually adding different, you know, more pearls on in between these conversations throughout the, you know, these conversations are great. Sort of like bring it back. Don't forget reminder, go out and, you know, find more pearls to string onto the, the necklace, so to speak. But yeah. Well, and to remember the feeling that, yeah. you know, that, you know, you have the ability to get to this moment and you don't necessarily need a trick or a ritual although mm -hmm. although this is you know w this is the grand trick is we do this for an hour which is, <laughs> right. you know or more mm -hmm. this is a grand trick so that we have an opportunity we're stringing together a lot of moments here yeah. over the course of an hour and at some point in this hour we will have a feeling or a thought or a um an epiphany yeah that we can take with us that and that epiphany creates a feeling like it it inspires a feeling or it inspires a broader way of thinking and we can take that with us throughout the week and remind ourselves of it and also when we have and I like the way that you say a moment, when we have a moment, instead of calling it, this is bad. Right. It's just like, wow, this is a moment. Yeah. This is interesting. I wonder how this is going to resolve itself because yeah. it will resolve itself because I know I'm going to get back to that other moment, this moment. I know I'm going to get back to this moment at least once a week. Yep. Right. Because I already know how to do it. Like yeah. we know, we know you and I know how to do this now because we've been practicing. Exactly. And we've I do been think practicing, we know how to do it. So we know we're, so we, we we're going to get back here. <laughs> yeah. And so that, that is priceless. And then it's like, th then we have this, we have this reference point and we know like, well, I'm in a moment, I don't, you know, I'm in a moment right now and I want to be in another moment <laughs> and I can remember that I know this place. I know this yeah. place of being, of centeredness, of clarity, and it may not even be of clarity, right? Because a lot of what we're doing is we're stirring shit up. Right. Right. And so, and, but, but the, but the thing that we need to remember is that we're stirring stuff up and we are open to seeing it in a new way. We are open to seeing things in a new way. And that's also a state of being that's worth remembering. Even when things are super crappy, 
<laughs> right. Right. They, and they know, do. Point, they like crappy happens. Like crappy yeah. happens. But what I have found recently is that I can see crappy all around me. Really terrible, right? There are terrible, horrendous things happening all around us. Of course, us. of course. In, yeah. in, in, certainly in the news. And, but I just look at that and I'm like, that's just what's happening, right? It's interesting. It's what's happening. But it has nothing to do with who I am and what I'm curious about and where my contentment lies and what I may or may not have to offer. You know, I think right? that's... My, myself or the people around me or uh, um, just by being clear and present and open. And uh, if I go back to my uh, my friend who I was talking with, who we were talking about at the beginning of this, my job was not to say, yes, yes, you're making the right decision or right. no, you're not making right or pile on with all the people who were worried about him. I'm not, I was like, I'm not worried about you. And good luck making that really hard decision. I hope you find the, the most crafty and uh, uh, and fun way to make that decision because yeah. it sounds like you really want this. You really want this. And if you really want this, I really want this for you, but I'm not going to tell you if it's right or wrong or right. 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 It's like, you're the, you're the judge. Something you said, you said what I have to offer, like what, what I have to offer. This is something that I feel like it really resonates with um, where my focus has been a lot lately. And it, it's, you know, when crap, crappy happens, as we said earlier, when crappy happens, what do I have to offer to the moment to, um, you know, is it something that is beyond my control? Is it something that I have something I can offer to make the situation not crappy? Um, I, I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot, but then there's also this aspect of, is it, <laughs> is it my responsibility? <laughs> like, and I don't mean it in a way of like, Oh, I want to be not responsible for this. Like, I absolutely want to actively participate in making this existence the best that it can be, you know, it, it, for not just for me, but for, for others too, in as much as I actually have an impact, right? Like there are some things that no matter how hard I try or trumpet uh, an opinion or a voice, it's not going to impact certain things. And I think that what I have to offer elements of this, that that's something I've just been pondering a lot and, and, and trying to be present in that mindset, right? Like, what do I have to offer this? Will it impact it in a way that is meaningful and, and, and worth the energy, you know? <laughs> well, I don't, my, I don't know if I'm getting it all out the way that it is. Well, happens. yeah, I think my, my answer to all of that is it's not what you do, it's who you are. And so who you are is the most important part of the equation because that will determine of whether people are even open to your point of view and right. open to a, a 
uh, a broader, more, let's say, solution-oriented viewpoint. And um, so you have to be who you are to the best of your ability before you even have a chance of yeah. being helpful to others. And that's, that is ultimately, that's the put your own oxygen mask on first yeah. philosophy. It, because and, otherwise you're not going to be useful to anyone. And so, and again, useful is totally arbitrary. It is, um, you know, useful is something that is an agreement that happens uh, between more than one. It, it's, it, it starts with useful to ourselves. We are the arbiters of that ultimately. But then if we are useful to uh, our friends, our family or society, that has to be a mutual agreement. There has to be a license there to help. Yeah. Right. It's not just I'm worried. Uh, worrying about you is not useful. You know, but this commun <laughs> communicating with you about where you're trying to go, what you want to do and listening to you, the being and acknowledging your being and your goals and your interests. That may be useful, but uh, Giving a, giving a piece of advice based on my experience may not be as useful as helping that person find their perfect experience. And, and that that is actually that's so that's like a another piece the the operative word listen the word listen I mm -hmm. realize I don't know you know sometimes it's a the self awareness and self analysis piece of all this is am I am I a good listener? And I don't think I am a very good listener sometimes. And I, you know, listening with anticipation to have a response or a relatable story is not always listening. It's not listening. It's hearing and, and trying to contribute in a valuable way. But that like, you know, the whole arbitrary aspect of that is that it's exactly that it's arbitrary and maybe listening is exactly what needs to happen and not coming at it with a solution or a um yeah there's no response always like like you don't always have to have a response and i am trying to practice that more um i'm trying to practice mindful listening that's something that i'm working on very actively but i i i think being aware of it i catch myself in very um in moments where I'm being a terrible listener, I catch myself in those moments <laughs> a lot. And I, man, I'm ashamed almost of them when I catch myself, but nobody else is pointing it out to me. It's just. No, because it's, it's part of the dynamic, right? There's some. Yeah. You know, because people are too wrapped up in their own stuff to be judging or. or <laughs> and that's analyze, good, probably. Analyzing I appreciate your analyzing your approach to something <laughs> i appreciate in a lot of ways that people are like like you're a terrible listener jamie um but at the same time Maybe. like at some point i became aware that i'm not the best listener <laughs> and it's something that i want to improve at i want to be more mindful yeah but listening. maybe for other people you are just the right 
listener or the right person or the people. Just an adequate amount of listening skill there. (laughs) Well, or again, you might be in a conspiracy where people expect you to solve their problems for them. You know, then sometimes they, then they don't then they don't have to take responsibility for solving their own issue, right? So you're you're in the habit of being helpful because you're good. You're a, you are you are a user experience designer in the <laughs> sense, right? And yeah, you can I mean, look that's... at somebody's situation and go, oh well, that just you just need to put this here and that there and make this move and. <laughs> Bob's your uncle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's I, I do. I think it does come out of, you know, with design roots and user experience design. It that it, that was my job for most of my career was so, and I'm doing it now, just in a different capacity, right? But like, it is. It was very problem solving has been my career in, in some way or another. Problem solving yeah. has been, you know, here's the problem now solve it somehow whether it's through design or word choices or whatever or advice um well yeah. I, I think I, uh, that this uh being a problem solver i think the greatest trick is to um in the listening and in the <laughs> coaching and in the guiding is to is to coach and guide in a way so that the person who's solving whatever they're solving actually believes that they came up with everything that on their own. Absolutely right? that, key. That, 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 that I, I, as a coach, or, a, and I'm not there yet either. I'm very, some, in some cases, I'm very confrontive. Certainly some of my, the people I work with, and, but they're, they're used to it. Uh, especially when, you know, when you're putting, when you're working with young people who still need rules yeah. or have never had rules yeah. and, but the world, uh, the world, the business world works amongst a set of rules. So if you want to be successful in business and you've, uh, you've written a book about this, right? Yeah. 12 ways to be uh, <laughs> better to work better with, to work with <laughs> right? And so a lot of young people don't know these things. Yeah. But the, the, the trick, I think the ultimate trick, the ultimate magic is to listen and coach and expose um, someone's own innate ability to solve the problem. Yeah. And give them, instead of telling them what to do, asking them to solve it, asking them, here are the things you need to solve. So whether you would do it this way, this way, this way. And I, I did this recently with somebody and they came up with a very organized, right? Cause they had it in them. Yeah. They're just so wrapped up in their emotional state that they didn't, they just didn't work on it. Right. Yeah. They just, and, but it's like, you have all the, and so they came up with a solution and a framework about which to do what they needed to do. Yeah. And they also started doing it. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, when I used to do the talk about burnout, right? Like I, I used to talk about like through burnout and back again, because my own experience was I found myself in this state that I didn't want to be in, that I didn't like, that felt hopeless. And what I, 
ended up doing was falling back on a framework that I had in me already that um, I used to build great products. And so I was like, oh, if I use those skills and turn it on myself and design my life as if it's the product I'm trying to design and I have a good track record for building good products, will this work? And it totally works. Like, you know, so sometimes these frameworks that we have that are tools within us, they, they are the thing that can get us, you know, but, but having somebody, I mean, you very much were a catalyst in that thinking. And then, you know, it goes back to that conversation we had, I was like, Stefan, I can't do this job anymore, but I don't know what's next. And you're like, it's not about what's next. It's about what's important. And then it got me thinking about design principles and the compass that guides us is, is the principles. And anyway, that whole deal, but these frameworks, we do have tools already in us. And sometimes it takes a catalyst of the right question or the right word choice or the right, you know, just the something to kind of wiggle that dislodge the, uh, this is what's going on. And then this is the whirlwind I'm stuck in. And sometimes, you know, just the right little interjection uh, of a good coach or a good conversation with somebody can remind us we have what it takes already in us um, to solve this problem and to navigate our way into a better situation. Yeah. And the, and the, the beauty of listening is that by asking open-ended questions and just sitting there and being at peace and clear and watching the story or the, the uh, bits come out of the person we are listening to, you're allowing, you're accepting their circumstance wholeheartedly. Just by listening, we're accepting their circumstance and then as they are um, expounding on their circumstance or spewing or putting it out there, we can look at it. Everyone can look at it. Everyone who's part of that conversation or part of the listening can look at it and uh, maybe find novel patterns or connections or just make peace with it yeah. without needing to push a solution. Yeah. That's the other thing. Sometimes the best solution is just allowing something, right? I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm angry with this person. I want this person to change, right? Or I want this situation to change. I'm angry. Yeah. And then just letting that anger out then all of a sudden, maybe nothing needs to change other than my view of what makes me angry. Yeah. Right? So the, the listening in and of itself is, listening is the universal can, over, can opener of counseling and of uh, conflict resolution and emotional releasing. Listening is this, it's the Swiss army knife. Yeah. And often there's not much else that needs to be, I mean, certainly with very complicated issues, but in the end, a lot of times the issue is just how we feel about something. It's not the actual material circumstance that's the problem. The yeah. problem is often how we just feel about something. Yeah. And um, 
And so the listening in a way can get that person to a solution and, and they will own it. They can own that solution without me having to impose any kind of um, um, arrogant idea of what that person should or shouldn't do. Right. Right. Or, and if that person is really confused and really stuck and I can see a path, a simple path, maybe as all of that snow is shakes flying around in the snow globe, I can pick out a few things and highlight and right. point them out and lead that person to a solution. But ultimately that person needs to feel that it came from them. Otherwise they are bound to us yeah. for the solution. They are bound to us for coming, coming, getting to a solution. And that's in the long run, that's unhealthy because sure. we want to teach people, we want to teach people how to fish. Yeah. Not, right? yeah, not just Maybe. how to eat. <laughs> exactly. Right. And then once they learn how to fish, then they, you know, they need to learn how to cook, clean the fish, cook the fish, then compost the fish bones. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is a carbon neutral. That's right. <laughs> carbon neutral healing loop. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that a lot. Man. Well, shoot. I feel like I have a lot. I have a lot to mull over in my brain. My brain is like, <laughs> I did the thing. <laughs> yeah, we load up. We, we load do. up once we load up once a week. Or our Thanksgiving feast of uh What do mind. we call this? What do we call this episode? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. Um <laughs> crappy happens no, i'm kidding <laughs> i don't want to no, call it that it. on thanksgiving day um, no 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 i mean there's been a lot there's been um man i mean well, listening was our last point but also like it's like you, there's the non-judgmental approach too right that you we started with the exchange between you and your friend and the uh sort of us yeah the like letting go of the uh oh my gosh I'm trying to think of what would be a great little synopsis for today I, thanksgiving you know, yeah i mean we can call it <laughs> we can call it the the great thanksgiving episode or something yeah. but, the, but it i think what what i've done in the past is um i i don't know that there's a way to summer i i, I haven't I guess I, I'm asking you because I haven't figured out a way yet. And you were thinking about writing descriptions for the episodes, yeah, which yep. I, I think is, I think is great because I haven't come up with a way yet yeah. to form a synopsis for the episode. So what I do is when you upload the episode, I just watch I skim through it. I watch little bits. <laughs> watch for us and, then I, and then I cherry pick a nugget. I cherry yeah. pick just one thing that we said that is, is a kind of a clear, catchy idea or thought from the episode. And then I just put that in the title and that's it because yeah. I don't, I, I uh, because trying to uh, summarize the entire episode may be limiting because what somebody finds useful in the episode yeah. 
Because we do so, cover a lot of ground sometimes. And, you know, often, at least for me, I, I feel like if I had to pick a theme for today, it's almost like what, what do I have to offer to this moment? And, you know, I mean, it, it, I feel like from the moment, you know, the conversation that you had with your friend and that perception of, um, yeah, like the judgment that sometimes people offer to you. I, I think it's questioning what I have to offer and, um, yeah. What do I really have to offer? What do I, I really have to offer to this moment? And is it, is it warranted? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. And like, you know, and I don't know, but refinement of, of perception in what I have to offer. Um, well, and in, maybe in the end what we really only have to offer the most useful thing is what we are giving ourselves right giving ourselves um being that we are allowing ourselves beingness that we are shooting aiming um the goal is to be i mean i always come back to that but yeah. the, what uh who you are who you really are is what you have to offer, not yeah. what you do or say or even think. Perceive, yeah. I, but who you who you are in the in the grandest sense. Um, that's a Thanksgiving theme. Who you are, <laughs> who you are is what you have to offer. Maybe that's it. Is who you are is what is you what have you have to, to offer. offer. Yeah. All right. So. Wow. We got, we got there. Yeah. I like that we had to kind of work through that one because I do feel like we covered a lot of different grounds today. Yeah. Very thought provoking for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also I think it goes in with, you know, Thanksgiving for us is a day. I mean, what I celebrate is not having to do anything or be anybody in yeah. particular. Yeah, exactly. show up. Although there are requirements, there are certain rituals and requirements <laughs> in my family, and I will face those later today. <laughs> I was going to ask, what are you doing for Thanksgiving? What What is your I, experience? I will, well, um, it's been different over the years. Some years, and my favorite years, I've just gone off and, you know, like gone up to Whistler and gone skiing. Or, oh, that's great. Right. Or driven to Joshua Tree. A couple of Thanksgivings. I've spent those in Joshua tree climbing and then sitting, you know, on sitting on top of a rock. Um, if you've been to Joshua tree, not uh, many years, it, but yes, it's high. It's uh, it's a high altitude desert plateau. It's 45. Well, not that high, but it's 4,500 feet. So it's, but there are vantage points. You can climb up on the, these rocks and uh, I've been lucky enough to be down there twice during a full moon oh, and we could simultaneously watch the sun setting and watch the moon rising. Wow. That's, that's really the neat. perspective, right? I have the entire 360 degree horizon climb up to some of these, uh, rock pinnacles, these rock piles in Joshua tree and just watch, just look in front of me 
and see the sun setting and then look behind me and watch the moon rising. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And so those have been my favorite Thanksgivings. The least favorite are the ones where there are the full on ritual of having to sit around with all the family members and, <laughs> and, and presume that people are enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially if they're not. <laughs> but I will go down and my brother will, my brother will be exercising his smoking and barbecuing skills and we're going to have a nice meal and my mother will make her famous potato salad oh, and, that's we'll great. Be, and uh, we'll have my mom's uh, apple pie made from apples that come right from the neighborhood right that's that great. right and so all of those things will be there and there will be great joy uh for my mom that w that we will be there my daughter will be in new york I don't, I mean, unless she just shows up by surprise <laughs> or something, but I, I don't think she, with the price of airfare right now. Yeah, it's bananas right now. <laughs> a young, a young 30 something professional in New York. She's going to stay in New York and yeah. have Thanksgiving with her friends, which yeah. is going to be more fun. Those are great memories to make too. Those young, the young times. Yes. Yeah. And to understand, to build her community uh, of people who are dear to her, build her family, because that's her, because she's, you know, she's, uh, she's not necessarily, it's not a joy for her to be necessarily around one, one side of the family. There's sure. a lot of tension and a lot of pressure. And, <laughs> See, and so. that's, yeah, that's what I, I specifically uh, just don't participate in and yeah like I don't know I've been that way for many years where I just like I don't know what it's going to look like exactly but I know that I'm going to make it as comfortable as I can for me and yeah. uh, welcome welcome my family to participate in in that yeah and there we are who you are is what, what you have, have to, to offer. offer that's it that's it and Bam. <laughs> Bam. 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 Boom. Uh, is, folks, that is the Thanksgiving episode of that Unconstrained. Is, that is it. And um, I am grateful that we have done this and we've done this so often and that um, the luster is still there. I agree. I'm still having fun. <laughs> my, my primary focus in life is it fun? <laughs> then I'm in. Yeah, yeah. that's and, uh, um, so. Uh, yeah, I a am big factor for me, really. But yes, yeah. So I am looking forward. I want to thank you for this moment, this string of beautiful moments that we have put together, and I look forward to our next string of moments that we will put together next week. Thank you, Stefan. We'll see you in a week. Have a beautiful Thanksgiving. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>